Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. I'm excited to have Jeff Harris here with us. Jeff, welcome. Hi, Rosemary. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be with you. Uh, we were talking before we got on the podcast and you were telling me about a business that you started and sold. And I was asking if you actually heard, you know, started the business with the, with the sale of the business in mind. I know um, some people do start their business and think that they're going to hold on to it forever. And then others actually plan to do that. Um, what was, how, why did you start the business? And then tell me about your journey from when you started it to selling it. Sure, sure. So I, I think that most entrepreneurs, at least that, that I that I interact with, would tell you that they don't start a business with the idea of it building wealth per se. They start a business because they're passionate about solving a problem or something. Obviously, though, you know there is a, a component of of, uh, of of building a successful business is obviously being able to uh, have it uh, return on its investment to those investors as well as yourself. So, uh, you know, the 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 exit of a, of a business is is typically the best way to do that. I found, um, but my company uh, that I started was called Parchment and. Uh, we started it because of a, of a problem that I had uh, around getting into college um, back when I was a high school student in the 90s and you applied to college. You did so with a paper, you know, with paper and pen. And then you'd, of course, have your transcript printed and mailed off. And uh, that would kind of complete the application process. In my case, um, my my university claimed they never got my transcript, and uh, it, it impacted my ability to, to to be admitted. And so I, I figured out that there was a, a technology solution that could allow for high schools and colleges to exchange academic records. And so that was the problem that I was trying to solve with Parchment. We we built that into the largest education records management company in the world, and. Uh, had a had an eventual exit of that business uh, back in uh, uh, 2020. That is a brilliant concept, and it's always the most simple ideas. I mean, that is just a simple solution to a problem that can turn into a big problem. Right time, right place, Rosemary. I mean, nowadays, right, everyone that's applying to college is doing so online. But back then, you know, that concept was very new. So we started to see the application moving online. But the transcript and that kind of whole piece was still being done largely through the mail and it was unreliable. And so, you know, we know today, obviously, that, that you can easily transport or transmit documents electronically. It's, it's very trusted. And, and so uh, uh, we, we brought a lot of fidelity and, and efficiency to that process. Did you have investors in this at the beginning or did you bootstrap it? We sure did. And that was one of the reasons why eventually we had to exit the business was because we raised a considerable amount of venture capital 
Um, I was a very young entrepreneur, a, a very recent college grad at the time, and so I uh, uh, didn't have uh, you know the 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 money myself to be able to get the business off the ground. So we started with friends and family. Eventually, started to work with some smaller VCs, and then over the course of many years, we started to raise some some bigger rounds of funding. But tens of millions of dollars uh, uh, it, it took to get the business uh, uh, to profitability. It takes a village. <laughs> it does, but it was a great experience. And, uh, uh, you know, we had amazing people and, and amazing backers. And I mean, it, it, it all worked out and, and right. It, it does take a village. So with investors, um, what were some of the things that you learned along the way that might help other people that have to get investors for their business of what you would do again and what you would not do? Rosemary, I think the first lesson learned for me was that investors invest in people, not in ideas. So they want to give money to people that they believe and can trust will execute on their business plan. Um, And so that is very hard to do when you're a young entrepreneur. Uh, Obviously, when you have some more experience, then it's a little easier to do. The other thing, though, that I found and and is, is even more true today is there is so much money out there sitting on the sidelines waiting to be invested, far more money than there is opportunities for that money uh, to be invested into. And so if you have a, a good idea and the credibility to execute on that idea, there's an enormous amount of capital out there. And that is exciting. I, I think that's, you know, that's the, the, the future of, of, of our economy is, the, uh, is innovation. Yeah, it's pretty incredible how much money is out there. It's kind of, it's hard to, especially when you're struggling and it's hard to imagine that there's that much money out there to be had. We're, yeah, it's it's an unbelievable amount and it, it is an amount that uh, uh, needs to be put to work. And, uh, you know, when you get a company to a certain uh, a level of success, the, the, the role switch. And now those investors of private equity firms are contacting you and they're wanting to give you money. And you're kind of, you know, saying no, it's really hard, obviously, to get that money at a very early stage. But there is a ton of it out there. And, and I'm not exaggerating. I mean, there is an enormous amount of money out there. What are some of the maybe two or three things that a young person or a new person that has not asked for investors, money from investors before, what they should not do when they approach somebody? What turns investors off? Yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately, inexperience turns investors off. And and so, you know, my way of, of, of getting past that was that I actually brought with me some, uh, some, some gray hair. I have some gray hair now, so I can call it. <laughs> but I, I, I found uh, folks that had, had been there, done that before, that could kind of join me on the journey. And, and yes, I had to give up some of the pie uh, in order to do that. But, but having that credibility allowed investors to feel a level of trust that, that probably they, they wouldn't have had with someone very young. Um, I think the other thing that investors like is they, they like a clear path to a return, right? Investors, most investors are, are not looking to just gamble or roll the dice. They want to know that if they give you $100,000 or a million dollars or $10 million, that there's a very, very clear and reliable path to get that return. And uh, if an entrepreneur can demonstrate that, 
they're much more likely to get uh, uh, investment. So did the people that you picked early on, did they help you set that business plan to present to investors? Because that's another skill that you have to learn um, as learning how to put a business plan together that's presentable. Rosemary, they absolutely did. Uh, they they were uh, very uh, helpful, not only in, in creating a, a much more realistic and, and achievable goal, uh, but they also helped to kind of scrutinize, um, you know, the, the path to getting there and, and really allowing us to have a laser focus. Um, and and that, that, that was very, very helpful. Of course, my journey is a little bit unique in the sense that when I was starting Parchment, it was right after the dot-com boom ended, the, the bubble had burst. And so, uh, you know, there, there wasn't as much liquidity on the sidelines. There also was a little bit of fear, uncertainty and doubt because a lot of investors had been burned by these, you know, e-toys and these, these kind of crazy dot-com ideas that, that really never, never, uh, you know, went anywhere. That was an interesting time. Very interesting time. time. But in a weird way, I kind of see that happening a little bit now again, not in, 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 I think in a much better way. Um, There's, as I mentioned, just a tremendous amount of capital. And I think there's a lot of really super smart people now that are, uh, you know, able to kind of formulate realistic ideas and, 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 uh, and, and really understand what it takes to, to make it happen. When those two merge, great things happen. Right. Um, so I know that um, I teach my kids this all the time. It's, it's not what you know, who's, who you know. And um, you do need to know. I tell them you do need to know stuff. But, um, you know, my son, he's 17 and has had amazing opportunities because of who he knows and he you know we he make we make sure he tells people what he's interested in and you know it might be years later but somebody out of the blue comes and says hey I know about this great opportunity would he be interested in this and I mean I'm talking crazy weird awesome opportunities what would you say to someone who's not networked and what would be their first steps to get in to know maybe find a mentor to help them yeah. They don't a mentor. You don't have to pay a coach. You do have to pay. Um, where could they go, and what's the best form of action? And so, when should they start networking? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, you can start at any age, right? But but I think one of the great parts of 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 of, of being a human being, and, and and maybe maybe it's more of a kind of a, a of a Western culture, but I think it's around the world. People like to be helpful. And what I found is that people also like to transfer their, 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 you know, their knowledge, their domain experience, their down to the next generation. And I think that, that specifically for young uh, entrepreneurs, there are a ton of people out there that would love to kind of pay it forward, so to speak. Um, and in fact, there's a lot of people out there that are, Retired. I think it's an incredibly untapped opportunity. There's a ton of people out there that have been very successful in a variety of different careers that are retired, and they still have their 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 brain power. Maybe they're not looking to 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 be in business anymore. Maybe they don't have the energy to get out there like they used to. But they are an untapped opportunity for someone to to really learn from. And uh, there are some organizations out there that kind of marry the, these types of folks with, with younger people. 
uh, and and I would recommend folks looking into that. But you can also just find people on LinkedIn. If you if you you know do a LinkedIn search, you might find someone, and they'll they'll say you know retired, but oftentimes they'll say you know open a network, or they'll say uh, that that they uh, are looking for you know uh, 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 some some you know just volunteer work. But these people can really be helpful, and they're usually very happy and excited to talk to young people. So um, I don't, I don't want to take the whole podcast to talk about this, but I love this subject. And so one of the issues when you're networking, you want to add value to the person that you're asking help from or connecting with. Yeah. It's like, so you build that rapport. When you're young, you might not feel like you have any value to add to an older person who's been around the block a bazillion times. Yeah. What can a young person, what kind of value can a young person add when they're reaching out? Sometimes it's as much as just listening. Uh, you know, I, I think in COVID, it, it's it's been a it's been a tough time for a lot of people, especially for our elderly population, many of whom are 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 stuck indoors or stuck without a lot of interaction. And uh, you know, everyone has a story, everyone has a journey, and and, and sometimes um, you know, folks are are just grateful for for someone to listen to that. And I have found that that uh, I'm talking a lot today, but uh, I found that, that you know, your ears are really, you know, are, are really your your best sense. And, and, and when you can listen to somebody, you gain knowledge, but you also allow them to to expose, um, you know, their their story. And, and I, I think that that's, uh, uh, believe it or not, uh, an, an underappreciated value that, that that a young person can bring to that next generation. Um, I have seen people, there is somebody, I forget um, sh- who she is, but she started a podcast because she wanted to be a millionaire. And so she started a podcast and just started interviewing millionaires. Yeah, yeah it's an easy way to get to know people. And that's part of that listening. Yeah, yeah, it, it's just so true. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, success has a lot of different definitions. It doesn't necessarily need to be someone that is, is wealthy to have been successful. Uh, you know, maybe you're, you're trying to go into a profession, um, uh, you know, that's much more uh, service minded. You're trying to become a teacher or you're trying to become, you know, a a medical professional or something like that. But but there's just so much information that can be gathered from the the generation above you. And and usually if you just ask, people will start talking and and you'll learn a lot. People do want to help. So tell me um, real quick, uh, we've been talking about this all the time. Tell me a little bit about the business that you're in now after you sold parchment? Yeah, sure. So um, today, you know, I, I, I'm the president of a staff augmentation firm called Murano Software. Murano has four offices in Eastern Europe, and uh, we have access to world-class software engineering talent. We, we provide it on a full-time but remote basis to U.S. companies. And Parchment was, uh, was a, a, a client of ours. And so I got to really know that business well. And, and the opportunity came up for me to make an investment and, uh, and, and become uh, its president. So I'm really enjoying that. It's a totally different business, but very timely. Uh, engineers are, are just in incredibly high demand right now on a global basis. And so our ability to kind of match talent to opportunities uh, is, is really being helpful for a lot of uh, innovative companies. So um, starting a business, running a business, and then starting a new one, you have to have a lot of really good employees. Tell me a little bit about your strategy in hiring your talent and how you manage them as a leader. 
Yeah, so um, I, I am I am a tiny, teeny fraction of what it takes to be, uh, you know, build a successful business. Um, it really people are the most important asset that any business has. And there is a, a tremendous difference between good people, which I think most people are, and great people. And uh, when you can find and bring together a talent, uh, uh, you know, great talent, that's really when you, you maximize your, your potential. So I personally have always taken on a role of, of actually recruiting and, and, and focusing a tremendous amount of my time to the hiring of talent. Many companies outsource this or many companies bring in and, and they some need to, but they bring in, you know, uh, folks to do this. As a, as a founder, I wanted to make sure that every single person we hired was just absolutely heads and shoulders above the majority in their profession. And, um, and so I, I take a very hands-on role. What is um, one or two interviewing techniques that you might have to where you can um, discern really quickly whether they're a good employee or a great going to be a great employee? Yeah, so so much of it is are, are intangibles. I found you know you can look at someone's resume and you can obviously um, see their experience and and sometimes you you might have a, a you know I personally have oftentimes recruited from peer organizations that I admired. I kind of always thought, hey, they, they probably have good people, so that that's a that's a good place to try to find good people. Um, but but you know at, at the end of the day. I just think that that so many folks have just a different, um, you got to find folks that fit in your corporate culture. And, and so it is just a, about kind of getting to know somebody. You have to be careful, obviously. You can't really ask too much about their personal lives, but usually people will will share. And if you kind of just ask enough open-ended questions, you kind of, you know, get a, get a, get an idea. Um, but the, the other thing that, that I've learned in my life and, and it's, it's a, um, it's a it's a Yiddish term called a, a mensch, and uh, I've always believed in hiring mensches. You hire good people. A mensch is a is a good person, a person that's a good a, a, a do gooder. And and I, I think that if you focus on people that are are, are good nature, that have a good heart, um, that comes out in everything they do. It does. It does. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for being on Authentically, Authentically Successful podcast. Um, how can people get in contact with you? Um, where can they go? Great. I'm on LinkedIn and, and I always welcome the opportunity to connect with folks. I'm, I'm always happy to be a resource if folks have uh, you know any uh, uh, questions or need some advice. Uh, and uh, Rosemary, congrats on your success, your podcast. It's such, it's such a great uh, opportunity for me to, to participate. So thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews 
go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com, or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.